All right. Well, welcome to another episode of DevCast. I'm your host, Adam D'Angelo, and I'm joined with our, my co-host, John Janik. Welcome, John. Hey, thanks for having me again, Adam. My pleasure. And today we have two guests, um, Becky Crane and Michelle Shorman, uh, both of whom support one of our customers on the, the CBP Cargo Project. Welcome, Becky and Michelle. Hello, hello. Hello. All right. Well, we're excited to have you guys on today's DevCast. Uh, John and I have been chatting with a number of folks uh, regarding how this this sudden move to telework has really been disruptful. Um, and I kind of want to check in with you guys to see um, how it's affected your project. Now, Becky, I know that your team is a very large team, over 100 people. Um, typically, you guys are in the office anywhere between three and five days a week, and your customer is uh, very accustomed to seeing you guys and working directly with you. So um, maybe just start us off with letting us know, how's, how's that going? How's the impact been? Well, um, yeah, it has been a shift. So um, it's one thing to work from home one or two days a week. Uh, we had um, started on a schedule that was primarily folks work from home on Monday and Friday, and they came into the office Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, so we had some of the tools in place for, you know, the ability to, to um, communicate effectively on those days. But it's significantly different when you're doing it five days a week for weeks on end um, that we where we don't see what the end is. So we really have had to adapt, I think, our approach and thinking around um, how we communicate with each other. Uh, and, you know, as you would imagine, it was a little bumpy at first. Um more from a, a technology perspective, more than anything, you know, we have a wide variety of tools available to us. Um, so we have teams uh, that we are now using heavily for meetings um, and chatting and staying in touch on channels. Um, we also have Skype that we use for meetings, phone calls, ch um, chatting, um, and we have some WebEx as well. So, um we we were able to to ramp up our employment of those tools um, pretty quickly and effectively. Uh, and I, I think, you know, aside from my mic isn't working, I can't see you, so-and-so dropped, you know, that sort of thing, you know, for the first couple of weeks, um, it's smoothed out. And, and I think everyone's kind of gotten used to it. And uh, one thing that um, one of my colleagues noted was um, – that first few days, nobody really wanted to turn their video camera on. Like, you know, if you're only working from home a couple of days a week, you don't need to do video calls. You see them three days a week. It's fine. But now that we don't we're not seeing people in person anymore, um, it was like, eh, we really should probably start the video calls. Um, so the first couple of days, like, eh, I don't I don't really want to do that. But then, you know, leadership started doing it. And so everyone's like, well, if they're doing it. I should do it. And after about a week, then we were like, wait, where is everybody? If somebody wasn't doing a video call, it be, had become almost second nature to be in a video call. And so when people were on, you know, people came into the call with uh, with no picture, it, there was something missing already. And it was interesting how quickly that shift, we, we made that mental shift to expecting to see people on a video phone call. Yeah, that's interesting. And I think there's also been, <laughs> talk about a mental shift, you know, it also is a little bit of a less professional environment in many situations <laughs> when you have that video camera on at home and your entire family is at home, right? Um, I, I don't know how many video conference calls I've been on where I've seen dogs and children and who knows what else going on, you know, 
in the background and you know that that's just the new normal right now isn't it it is yes so yep cats dogs birds um so somebody <laughs> was, had birds uh, the other day and i heard about a parrot um i wasn't on that one but i did hear about a parrot on another call so yeah that that part is especially challenging um i happen to be doing this right now from my bedroom with my cat sleeping next to me um because the sp- spot where i am typically working these days uh is my kitchen um, and my little red, yellow, green signs is, doesn't hold people off from the door. So there was definitely a possibility one of my children was going to come in and run the microwave or take some plates out or whatever um, and, and disrupt this. So, yeah, finding a spot in the home for your particular needs at a particular time when you've got your entire family at home um, is very challenging. Actually, I have a so I was going to say I have a sign on my door. Of my, I am lucky enough to have an office at home um, with a door on it. Um, but I did realize that, you know, I do have two kids at home and a 17-year-old son who fairly early on in this process came barging in uh, when I was on a video conference, not really dressed. So now my sign oh. says if the door's open – you know, come in. If the door's closed, come in, but make sure you're dressed. So, <laughs> so Steve Cole, so Stephen Colbert had a tweet about that that's absolutely hilarious, which is like, after this is all done, the only question will be, can society ever go back to wearing pants? And then, <laughs> and then the, you know, but if there's a truth, there's truth to it, right? There's bloopers on the internet showing up by the dozens of people walking into frame wearing very inappropriate clothing <laughs> right <laughs> for a professional setting so i think there's some very interesting questions that are that are coming out of this um in that in that how do we how do we work in a in a multi you know in a multifunctional facility which is basically everybody's house now where you've got all these different it's almost like everybody moved into we work and now we're trying how to figure out gosh how do i actually make dedicated work happen when I'm filled with uh, with just communal areas everywhere I go, right? It's super interesting. And and will anyone ever want to go back to the office? Mm-hmm. So I can already sort of feel the groundswell of, well, if we can do this work from home successfully five days a week, why in three months should I go back to the office? Um because I'd love to see everybody. But, um, you know, I, I do think that I do think that question is going to come up. Yeah, that's interesting, Becky. I was just having that conversation with uh, Elizabeth, my wife, earlier about, uh, you know, she, she works over at the Urban Institute and basically they're in the office every day of the week uh, and never had any remote work policy. And now all of a sudden, bam, full time remote work for everybody. So will they, you know, institute part time remote work? Should we? ever get back into uh, the office again it's it's definitely an interesting question and uh definitely something that i think we will see changes to uh, a lot of our teams don't you think i do yes i i think this is going to have a long-term impact on the way people think about their um how they work and where they work um i think it's just inevitable flip it over to michelle for a moment right and say so michelle you've been working on a lot of different contracts and you've been with Dev for, for a long period of time, right? So when, when you are looking at all of the different kinds of activities that are happening across the landscape, 
are you, what are you, what are you seeing and how are you thinking about it? Because what, what comes to mind for me is there's a guy by the name of Zach Holman who was, who was fairly early on in GitHub's history and he wrote a ton of stuff about remote work. And one of the things he always hit on was that time together is valuable. It is the most valuable time you have. And so you shouldn't waste time together doing mundane work. You should always focus time together on super high value work. Um, and so I'm kind of curious, you know, Michelle, as you've worked across the different lines of effort, what have, have you seen similar things to what Becky's seen? How have those transitions gone? Right. Well, I mean, it's definitely, it has definitely been a transition, one that, you know, arguably nobody I think was adequately prepared for, but doing the best that they can. Um, I think from my perspective, the, the, there's a difference, but it's also a similarity. Um, you know, I think I always think about what's the most effective way to communicate with somebody, right? So is it, I should just swing by their office and pop my head in? Should I send a long detailed email? Should I pick up the phone? Cause a phone calls better. Um, I think, what we are now in is what's the most effective communication channel that, you know, that doesn't have that face to face. So, you know, we have lots of different platforms to use. You know, we have a corporate laptop, we have a government laptop, we have lots of different ways to communicate. So it's now like, Oh, right. So I need to touch base with Lauren. Okay. So she's a teams person. So let me pop into teams and chat with her or, Oh, I need to call Kendra and talk about this financial thing or, okay, so she's a phone person. So I should just pick up the phone and call her. Right. So I think it's adjusting our communication strategies. Um, but in the same ways, probably have always just used the communication strategy that works best for what I think would be the most effective for that person. So that's interesting, Michelle, because I think typically you have been a, a person, a face to face communicator, right? I mean, I think you out of a, probably everybody on this call um, really understands and appreciates the, the value of walking into the customer's office, sitting down with them, chatting with them about their concerns and their needs. Um, how, how have you seen that change? How have you been communicating with those folks? Yeah, it's tough. And I am a face-to-face person and I do enjoy face-to-face um, because I do think, you know, you kind of get some honest, candid feedback um, again, trying to adapt. I did want to check in with our customer about something, just kind of, hey, what are you thinking about this? I know he's kind of an early bird, so I jumped on my government machine pretty super early one morning, and there he was with a green light next to his IM status. So I just pinged him, and uh, he said, hey, yeah, just give me a quick call. Let's just talk about this. So it was probably the next best thing to swing in by his office to just chat, um, but to find a time when I was fairly certain he wasn't in a meeting. It was pretty early uh, to still catch that that ad hoc quick chat. Yeah, that's something that we've we've talked about a bunch, uh, John and myself, over the last couple of weeks as we've been doing some of these devcasts regarding remote work. And I think everybody's found that some of those ad hoc conversations that you used to be able to just pop into somebody's office and ask them a question, or maybe it had nothing to do with work in the beginning, but all those interesting insights that come out of that casual conversation have, um, I don't want to say they've gone away, but how you instigate them or initiate them has, has changed dramatically, we've found. And there's no, there's no coffee club conversation. There's no 
when I go to the microwave in the kitchen, catching up where you do get um, information or make connections or just randomly hear something that connects with something else that allows you to understand more about what's happening on your project. Um, I haven't yet figured out exactly how to replicate that. Um, you know, I, I reach out on IM periodically to different people. How are you doing? What's going on? Um, but it feels more targeted. And so not as much random um, information comes up that way. So I have not yet figured out how to fill in that hole. Right. It's not at all, I think, natural, at least yet. Um, because I think right now, whenever you try to do the equivalent of just, hey, stopping by to see how things are going, there's an immediate expectation of, oh, she, she needs me to do something or she wants me to answer a question. There is no, hey, just checking in, just seeing how things are going. I don't know how we do that in a virtual environment yet effectively. So I think yeah. this is one thing that the teams hasn't figured out that like platforms like Slack have, right? So we've we've had a couple of conversations where we've had guests come on and talk about different ways of that we communicate and how do we bring those folks together. And it's it's really tough, especially coming from a government environment myself, where you know justifying the lolcats channel, right? And until you realize that it actually serves a purpose and having those social constructs really serve a purpose in how the team communicates, how information is transmitted across them. Yeah, I think, Becky, you should talk about the Teams channel you stood up on Cargo for this and kind of what's been going on in that. Yeah, um, we were all feeling a bit disconnected, of course, and we have a number of channels uh, in our Teams environment on my customer site, but they are team-specific, and we have multiple teams, 15 teams. Um, and so we had an idea to have a single team for everybody um, that was just a place to connect in a more informal way, like post a picture of my cat sitting on my keyboard or uh, my kids playing outside in, in what we call recess um, or just a, hey, thanks, everybody, for this great work you did this past week. Um, so we, we set up a, a channel called Thriving Remotely um, and invited everybody on our team, uh, the contractors and the government. And then, um, you know, it spread out to other folks um, in, in the building who also work in other contracts or other teams. Um, and so it's been kind of a fun way to connect, uh, just a, another um, way to connect with people. Yeah, while I think a lot of those informal, you know, ad hoc communications are missing, the the, the coffee talk conversations you, you talked about earlier, Becky, I, I definitely think that there's been something interesting happening when you're having these, you know, Zoom calls or teams team chats and you have the camera on. Everything is already a little bit less, a little bit more informal already, right? Because you're at home, nobody's very few people are wearing suits or even collared shirts. Um, hopefully they're wearing pants. I, I don't know what they're doing most of the time, but you're, you're, you're brought into their world a little bit more in a, a casual way. So even though I think some of those informal communications might be missing, I think everything just feels a little bit more. Um, there, there seems like there is a greater sense of community because we're all kind of going through this whole change, not only the way we work, but I mean, you know, frankly, there's, you know, a, a pandemic going on. So I think there is, uh, you know, a, a different sense of community and closeness happening because of that as well, right? I will share that I 
popped out at lunch and saw my daughter and, you know, I am absolutely sitting here in a t-shirt and jeans, which I would not be wearing normally if I were in any sort of office. And she just looked at me and she's like, wow, what's happened to you? You're wearing a t-shirt and I know you're doing video calls. <laughs> um, yep. yep. And, and I, uh, I was on a, a one-on-one call with um, somebody yesterday um, and her son popped his head in the frame and I was like, Oh, hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. And it, it was obviously very informal because he doesn't usually pop into our, um, our work calls. Um, but it was so nice. It was more intimate. It was more informal and um, it was, it was a nice way to connect with um, her and her family, um, as you're, as you're saying, Adam. Well, just before we started recording this, we were joking. Here we are close to the end of the day on Friday, and it, it would probably would be nice to be recording this with a beer in hand. I don't think any of us, you know, executed on that. But, uh, Becky, have you talked about maybe having like remote happy hours with your team? Uh, I know that's something that a few of our other teams have done where, Towards the end of the day, they, they get their videos on, they, they grab a drink and, and just kind of have a, a conversation at the end of the day. That's a great idea. I don't know. Um, we haven't talked about it as a program as a whole, um, but uh, I'll have to check in actually with our teams and see if any of our teams have done that. Yeah, John, we should implement that for future devcasts, by the way. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because we had some uh, feedback that that uh, Kindle was giving to me that, you know, so folks are listening to FCAST. Thank you, by the way, if you're listening now. We appreciate it. And so we've been gathering feedback on how do we want to continue the volume of the program. And somebody said, you know, it'd be great if we had kind of an open mic devcast. And it's really interesting because the format that we've discovered here where we where we don't have to manage call-ins or anything else, we, we literally could. We could have people just drop in, especially inside dev. There are, to your point, Adam, really unique opportunities to explore outside of what we would normal, normally consider our, our, our boundaries, right? Like for, for, and I think for the, uh, the digital happy hour kind of idea is a perfect example. Most happy hours in a corporate setting takes time away from your family. Right. You got to you got to go spend time with the colleagues and do the work thing and and make the the handshakes happen and, and talk up the clients and all that stuff. But but here we've got an opportunity to actually have a conversation that involves all of us. And this is really so important to devs culture because we're a community, we're a family. And, and that's really impressive uh, in having those kinds of conversations, at least at least to me, the fact that. I can be on a conversation with Kendall and, and, uh, who else have we seen? Christy with her boys. And, you know, the, the list just goes on and on with folks that have popped in and just said hello. It's, it's really, uh, it's really impressive, you know? Yeah. I think it's been a lot of fun, uh, for me. I, you know, years ago, I, you know, pretty much worked entirely remotely as a, as a developer, um, which I enjoyed. Um, now my role is a little bit different and there's a lot of new challenges to trying to coordinate and communicate and collaborate in this remote manner. Um, but because things are a little more casual, uh, because you are working from home, we, you know, we are wearing t-shirts as well, Michelle, right? So I, I think things feel a little bit, um, more informal and I've been, uh, I've been impressed with how well things have gone 
considering um, other than some of those small technological hiccups that Becky mentioned earlier. So, so far, so good. Definitely. And I, you know, I think our project teams have pretty much not missed a beat in delivering, you know, what they're asked to deliver each and every day. So. Yeah. And to Becky's point earlier, will we ever be able to get them back in the office? You know, Adam, I think, I think so. I think, you know, we've talked about Dev Lab having t-shirts. I'm, I'm getting an image in my mind of like, COVID kept me home and all I got was this lousy t-shirt, right? That can be kind of our, <laughs> that can be our, 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 our calling card for this episode. You know, I think, right? So, so Becky, as you're thinking about, as you're thinking about that, right? So what does the future hold? Right now, Virginia is on stay at home till June 10th, right? So it is today, April 3rd. We, that means we've got a long way to go. What are you thinking about? As far as sustainment goes, I know, you know, I've noticed you're right. We're already doing a great chance or we're already doing a great, uh, a great job of turning on video cameras and getting connected with each other and doing all that stuff. How do we sustain that going forward? What do you think? And then, Michelle, I'd love to for you to kind of follow on with that, too. How do we sustain this momentum? Um uh, that's a good question. And I, I think I'm just getting out of the um, starting state here and haven't thought about sustainment yet. Um, I, I, I think we, we need to be conscious of it and put thought around it and not just let it happen. So I, I think that's the danger is, okay, well, all the, the technical tools are working, um, and everybody's still productive. So we're good. Um, and then we kind of just let that take over. Um, but I think that we have to, um, be a little bit more conscious and proactive about it. Um, we've been thinking of different ways to connect at, at dev technology, um, and, you know, then at our program as well. Um, so, you know, I think we'll just continue to think of different ways to connect so that what we're doing today doesn't become stale. Yeah, and I think we keep moving forward, right? I mean, I think there's certainly at least, you know, we're ending week three, and I, and I certainly think, especially in the beginning of week one, beginning of week two, there was just kind of a pervasive mental thought of, okay, well, this is just temporary, right? So just, you know, just got to make it through a couple days, and then, you know, things will go back to air quotes normal. I think, you know, I think the reality is we need to just focus on plans we have in place, commitments we've made to customers, things we want to do going forward, and just figure out different ways that don't involve in-person discussions to get there, right? So, you know, we just have to all be, I think, a bit more creative, I think a bit more collaborative, um, and keep moving forward. That's that's really cool. What you know, and, and Adam, maybe you can lead us out on this, right? So we've all been working now. This is what week three. So I don't know if you know who Hondo Gertz is. He's like an assistant secretary over in the Navy, head of procurement and acquisition. So he's a great guy to follow. And he's been chronicling every single day kind of what his top of mind things are in the environment. So today was like week three, day four or something like that, right? So here we are, week three, day four, week three, day five, whatever it is. It's all becoming a blur. And 
what's the one piece of advice? What's the one thing that you think is super valuable that you would leave uh, a fellow government employee or a fellow government contractor with to think about out of this episode? Adam, do you want to lead out, and then and then Becky, you can chime in, and we can we can end the roundtable with Michelle there. Yeah, certainly, John. Um, you know, I think based off of the feedback we've heard from Becky and Michelle, and you know, we had Terry on earlier in the week. You know, it, it's become a lot more about increasing the the frequency of communication, almost over communicating, right, and finding new ways, creative ways, like Michelle pointed out, to do that as well, right. Um, because this this doesn't seem temporary anymore, right? We are at the end of week three, and we probably still have a month or so to go. So, you know, we do have to continue to be creative and thoughtful, uh, making sure that we're engaging, and clearly not in the same ways we did before, but in new ways, and try to try to innovate how we communicate. Um, so, I think that's my big takeaway, John. Um, I would say. Um my focus is, is on teamwork. Um, I mean, the only way that we get our work done is by working together collaboratively. Uh, and this new way of working is causing us to do, you know, to, to have to do that mechanically different ways, um, but probably also mentally in different ways. So continuing to focus on the ways that we drive teamwork, um, well, I think is, is going to be critical. So I think for me, the big takeaway is, you know, really focusing on one of Dev's core values, which is community, uh, and just really remembering that, you know, as I keep telling my kids, the issues you're having, everybody's having, right? So, you know, I think we are all in this together on both a personal and a professional perspective. And just trying to remember to check in with folks and make sure they're doing okay. Uh, I think it's also really important to remember that our customers are also, you know, just trying to do the best they can in new and very different and scary situations. And they're definitely part of our community. So just remembering to, to continue to, to uh, support them in whatever way we can. Yeah, that's really that's really a great message, right? So I heard, you know, stay in touch, work together, care about each other, right? And that's that's really a uh, that's really a deep message. <laughs> so I, I think that's that's really important that that we need to we need to work through this time period together. Adam, any last thoughts? What do, what, do, what do you want to close this out with? No, I think those that's a great summary, John, and I think that's a fantastic place to leave this episode. So. Uh, uh, Michelle and Becky, thanks for joining John and myself, and uh, thanks for being on today's DevCast. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks. Thank you.